this, uh, this message came to me, very last moment, at a retreat. Um, like Saturday night at 6.30 when I was supposed to be preaching at 9 the next morning. So some of y'all have heard it. I'm um, sorry in advance. Um, but uh, I was asked to maybe share it here too. So um, I changed things up a little bit so it's a little bit different. Like in two spots. Um, but I came up with a name for it. Uh, like this is fine. Right? This is fine. I know many people have seen that meme. Like, I send it to my staff all the time. They're like, so-and-so's got a blowout, and it's all over my hands, and, you know, someone needs a diaper, and so-and-so needs a bottle, and I just send the meme, this is fine. <laughs> We're going to be okay. It's okay. Um, so, uh, uh, I, like I said, I spoke this at retreat, um, and there was a common theme this year at retreat, and... It was kind of unlike a retreat that we've had in the past. And, um, and now that I've like, we've been home a couple of weeks, like I've kind of seen some of what the girls are going through and it was very relevant. Like a couple of girls have been hit with some things that are tough. And um, there was a common word in my vocabulary the couple of weeks before retreat and it was battle. But why does everything have to be a battle? Like everything, like getting hay for my goats, it was a battle. Like just getting to pick them up, it is, and it was ridiculous. Everything, everything that I touched fell apart. Everything that I was working on went the wrong way. Everything took three times as long as it really needed to. It was frustrating, and it was a battle. I'm going to adjust this really fast. Um... So the battle, it was so bad that I was picking little projects to do that I could actually complete within an hour or two just so I could see that something was getting completed. Like, this is pretty bad. Like scraping paint off a window. I can do that in an hour. No, I couldn't. It took two. <laughs> but I completed it. I had to get, you know, what was it, goof off and spray it on the window and, like, get a floor scraper and scrape the paint, the Christmas paint, off the window in May. Like, this is serious. And I even, like, had someone else do it. I was like, hey, can, who wants to scrape paint? I mean, it was like, I'll do it. You know, a couple girls were like, I'll do it. And they would go out there, and they'd scrape the windows, and it wasn't coming off. And I was like, okay, how long have you been out here? Like, three hours. I'm like, oh, well, you know, let's get you inside back to uh, someone's got to go home, so I need you back inside. You know, they'd spend all day, and it didn't look any different. You know, and so finally I was like, I'll, I'm going to do it. Because then I can actually accomplish something. Because everything else I'm working on, nothing's getting completed. Nothing. Everything's taking twice as long, and it's falling apart anyways. I'm going to do something that I can see some accomplishment today. So I scraped the windows on the window. That's how bad it was. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And I've done that a couple times before, like pulling goat heads. I'm going to pull goat heads because I need something that I see is accomplished. You know? And it was just battles. Like everything, and these were big things that I was working on, very important things, like 12 people's jobs rely on it, licensing, and everything was falling apart. Billing, everything was falling apart, taking three times as long. And so at this point, we go to retreat. I'm exhausted. I have zero strength. 
zero. And I realized up there that like, like that night, like I'm trying to write this message that I think that what God wanted me to speak on because I had it for like a week before and it just wasn't coming together and it wasn't coming together and it wasn't coming together. It was a battle. Once again. And I had a little bit of a bad attitude about it. Just a little attitude. Just that much. Because I'm sitting there on my bed and I've got my laptop and I'm trying to type it out. And nothing's, I slam my laptop shut. I'm like, I got a bad attitude. I'm going to go pray a little while. <laughs> and I was like, God, once again, why does everything have to be a battle? It's like, this is a battle and that's a battle. And I'm saying the word over and over and God's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Welcome to the party. It just took you a little while. It's, it's, this is fine. This is fine. So we've all fought battles. We're fighting battles, big and small. Everything, everyone's battle is a little bit different. But battles come into our lives to grow perseverance, uh, to build testimonies to help us laser focus on God and also to help us prune a little bit. God prunes us in battles a little bit. I need my font just to be a little bit bigger. Here we go. So one thing that God brought to my mind in mom's message last week was Job and how Job was laser focused on God. You, I think it was before your message you were speaking about something that came to you last week. And, you know, Job, Job was laser focused. Like, I'm not letting go of God. When everything was stripped away from him, everything, he had nothing. Everything was stripped away and he was laser focused. <laughs> and I'm like making notes while she's t preaching last week. And I typed out practice battles. Practice battles. That's annoying. <laughs> like, that's literally what I thought. Like, when I typed it out, I'm like, practice battles, yeah. Well, that sounds really annoying. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> but it's true. We go through little practice battles. And they're not practice. They're helping us grow. They're getting us better because practice makes perfect or practice makes okay-ish in my <laughs> perfect little practice. But he was laser focused on God even though the world was burning down around him. I'm sure he had a couple, this is fine, moments, right? I'm just going to sip my coffee. Oh, I don't have any because I have nothing. <laughs> this is fine. Poor Job. I feel bad for that guy. But whether they're big or small battles, God uses them for his good. He uses them. So, like, God used the battle of Israel against the Philistines to prune the children of Israel. The Hebrews needed to put their trust in God, but instead they used the Ark of the Covenant as more of, like, a good luck charm rather than knowing God was going to deliver them from the Philistines. So, 
they put their trust in the ark instead of God. And what happened was, was the Israelites brought the ark of the covenant into camp, maybe to twist the arm of God just a little bit, granting them a win, because they had already lost, like, big time against this army. Same army. Like, 4,000 men died. Like, they ran away with their little white flag. Like, they, it was bad. Okay? So the elders thought, well, let's bring in the ark. You know, let's bring that in. Surely, if we bring the ark of the covenant, then God's going to let us win. God's going to give us a win. Right? So they brought the ark in, and there was a huge cheer, a huge celebration. It really pumped the guys up. But the Philistine army could hear the cheers, and they knew that God had entered into their camp. But it wasn't God, it was the ark, because they had their trust in the ark, not in God. So the Philistines, they're freaking out. They're afraid, because they heard these Hebrews in their exodus, like their God brought down the plagues on them. Like, that's scary. So they have this overwhelming fear of God, of, our, of, of, the, of the God of the Hebrews, of our God. He had, they had this overwhelming fear. And that caused them to fight harder because they didn't want to be slaves to the Hebrew children. The Hebrews, the children of Israel, they didn't want to be their slave and their God who's so big and strong can take out the Egyptians. And the children of Israel lost that war. They lost that fight. And not only did they lose the fight, they lost the two sons of the judge Eli, which in turn, the news killed their judge. So they lost their leader in that tribe. They lost a big pivotal person in their group. They lost him. And they also lost the ark. The Philistines took the ark, took it from them. So their one thing that they have all of their trust in is gone. Because God wanted them to lean on him for their strength. Lean on him and know and have that, that God has their back. That God will bring them through it. So God prunes us in other ways just like that. In battles. Like, mine's like my attitude. I'm pretty sure that's what God's pruning me right now. It's like, I'm just going to take that stick right there. Like John 15, 2, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. He's taking those things. He's cleaning us up. He's taking something, but he's replacing it something of something of him so that we can bear better, more fruit for him. But God teaches us other things in battles, like in Jericho. Worship and obedience. So the battle of Jericho took a lot of obedience on Joshua's part. He was praying and he was given clear instructions that were a little strange, just a little bit different. So I like, okay, so I think in cartoon. Okay, all right. I can just see Joshua, he's like praying. 
And he's like, okay, yeah, sure, okay, I'm going to go tell the elders that, okay. Walks in, he's like, okay, this is our battle plan. And I can just imagine he was like in his like battle garb and he's got warriors in the, in the room, so they're like going to plan their attack on Jericho, right? Like, am I painting that picture for you? Okay, and he's like, okay, here's the plan. We're going to go and we're going to march around Jericho, okay? We're going to bring the Ark of the Covenant, because at this point it hadn't been taken yet. This was way before that, okay? And the Ark of the Covenant never went to battle. Like, they never brought it out of the tabernacle, okay? And he's like, okay, so we're going to take the Ark and we're going we're gonna to put it in front with the priests. And I'm sure all these warriors are like, what? Like, I got all this battle stuff on for nothing? We're just going to go walking around? Like, we're going to, yeah, we're going to just walk around. You guys are going to walk behind the priests. And they're like, all right. We're going to do it once a day for six days. Great. And I'm sure the elders are like, I don't understand where you're going with this. Like, I don't get it. And he's just like, hear me out. (laughs) Just do as I say, please. we got to be obedient because we know how things went when we weren't obedient. I don't want to walk around in a desert for 40 more years. So we're going to do what we're told. Right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So they do as they're commanded. They're obedient. And they walk around once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, they're going to walk around seven times. And I'm sure the guys in their battle garb and they're all suited up, you know, like Iron Man. Suit up. No? No Marvel fans? Suit up. They're all suited up, and they're ready to go, and they're walking around. And I'm sure it's hot there, too, and they're all walking around seven times that day, and they're exhausted. But Joshua instructed everyone, we're going to walk around seven times. And the seventh time around, we're going to give a great shout, and the city will be ours. And they did. They walked around, they gave a great shout, and the city walls fell. They were obedient, and they praised God, even though they didn't have the victory yet. Because it wasn't the walls fell and they praised. They praised, and the walls fell. They were obedient, and they praised God through the trial, through the battle, and they brought down a fortress. Our praise is so powerful. It is so powerful. So to praise is to show God that we love him and we are thankful for the many blessings that we are given every second of every day. It lifts him above ourselves. The children of Israel were obedient and praised God through the battle. And they came out rejoicing as champions. They were champions. They brought down a fortress, a city with walls built all around it, just by their praise and their obedience. Psalms 95, 1 through 6. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with the music and song. For the Lord is a 
is a great God, a great king above all gods. And in his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. So the next battle I want to bring up is David and Goliath. Confidence. Confidence in the Lord. David knew with all of his being that God was going to deliver him from that giant. He knew with absolute 100% confidence that God was going to make it happen. He knew. He had confidence. He knew, no, I'm going to go out. I don't need, I don't need that. I don't need your armor. That's not, that's not going to give me the strength that I need to take down that giant. I have what I need. God's going to deliver it. Sure enough, that fell right to, his, right to his feet with one stone. He had 100% no doubt confidence. And, you know, he had to practice that too because he had like lions and bears that he fought. He had practice battles. But he, he knew. He had confidence. We need to have that same confidence in God when we're going through a battle. Joshua 1.9 Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, withsoever thou goest. Be of good courage and not afraid. Don't be dismayed. How many of us get discouraged in the middle of our battle? I know I do. And when I get discouraged, I get a bad attitude. A little bit. Just a little bit. So I'm going to talk about attitude now. Gideon had a great attitude. So Gideon fought against the Midianites. And he was out tending his field when an angel of the Lord appeared and was like, hey, you know, we need to put a battle, you know, an, a, an army together and we need to go fight the Midianites because they're cutting off all of your supplies. The angel's like, this is what God wants you to do. Okay, let's do it. And Gideon was a, uh, he was a prophet. He was, a he was like a military leader in his tribe. And he belonged, and he was a judge, and he belonged to the tribes of Judah, which um, was the tribe of Manasseh. Or, yeah. I just always think that I'm saying those things wrong. <laughs> So he was like a pretty good choice. Like, let's, I want you to get an army together and we're going to go and we're going to fight the Midianites and we are going to take back our supply line. So he did that. He went and he's like, all right, let's gather up an army. And he gathered 32,000 men. But God said, that, mm, that's too many. <laughs> it's too many. How can you have 
too many men when you're going to battle. But God's like, I, that's too many. Cut it down just a little, just a little bit. He's like, um, okay, so uh, any men who don't want to fight, go ahead and go home. No repercussions. He's probably thinking in his mind, okay, because I think in cartoon, you know, he's sitting in his tent, and he's like, yeah, we'll probably lose like 5,000. We'll be good. 22,000 men went home. And I'm sure he's just crushed. Like, whoa, I thought these guys were my friends. And they just ditched me. And God was like, cut it down a little bit more. What? I only have 10,000 guys left. You want me to cut it down more? Okay, okay. Attitude check. You got it. So he had a really weird way of cutting it down even further. Okay, he gathers up these 10,000 men. He's like, let's go get a drink of water. And so he takes them down. And he's watching all these guys take a drink of water. 10,000 guys taking a drink of water? And he was like studying each and every one of them. You know, I'm sure he's just got his little tablet and his little pen. And he's like watching the guys take drinks of water. And he was separating them. I'm sure this took days. You anybody thirsty again? <laughs> you take that group and I'll take this group. And this is what we're looking for. 10,000 guys. I'm sure their little stream was like, no water left. But he wanted the warriors, and he was watching them in the way that they drank. And the guys who knelt down and kind of, like, take little sips, he was like, okay, yeah, you guys go and stand over there. And the guys who, like, were down in the, just drinking like dogs, they're facing the water, like, drinking it up, he's like, okay, why don't you, like, go over here, okay? These guys. So there's 300 that drink like animals, and there were like dogs, and then the rest were over on that group. It's a pretty big change. Guess what group he had to take? The 300. So God cut his army down from 32,000 to 300 men. And I'm sure he's just like, God, what are you doing? We got this. You said we were good. I have my trust in you. But I'm, I'm guessing in the back of his mind, he's a little discouraged. Like, how are we going to do this? Like, what are we, what's the plan, God? And God's like, I want you to go down. It was nighttime. I want you to go down, and I want you to just eavesdrop on this tent down in the other army. So he sneaks down there, and he's listening. And the, the, other, the soldiers from the other army are discussing their dreams that they had had. You know, because I'm sure they're like, oh, we're going up against Gideon. That guy's hardcore. And they were discussing the dreams they had, and one was like, I had a dream that a bread loaf just like rolled down the hill and took us all out. I don't know if he bakes. I don't. And they were like, I heard he makes a really crazy rye bread. I don't know. But he's like witnessing, he like sees in their mind this giant loaf of bread rolling down the hill and taking out the whole entire camp. And then another guy's like, oh, I had a dream too. I had a dream that Gideon just came through and he just stomped us all. Giant stomped us all and we were all goners. So 
Gideon's feeling pretty good after hearing all that. And so he goes back to his guys and he's got a little bit of a plan, which was weird. Um, Cause he's like, okay guys, I got an idea. Let's do this. Here's a trumpet. Here's a pot. And here's a torch. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, what? No, 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 no. Put your sword down. You leave your shield. You're going to need both your hands for your trumpet and your pot and your torch. You're going to need all that. Just leave your other stuff. And these 300 men, they're like warriors, right? They're like down in the mud, taking a drink of water, and we're going to war. But I want you to carry these three things. But just, just trust God. We've got a plan. <laughs> so they're going to war with a trumpet, a torch, and a pot. It's a little unconventional. It's a little different. So they go down, and they're, you know, like, we're going to do this. It's just going to work. So they cover their torches with their pot, and they sneak down to the other, to the other camp, and they blow their trumpets and they break their pots and they're loud and they cause so much confusion that the army, the Midian army, kills themselves. Like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have saw that. Like, with God giving, you know, Gideon this plan, like, no, this is going to work. Do as I say. Just do it. I promise you. You're going to come out on top. Gideon's like, oh, okay. But no, he was like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. 300 men took 15,000 men captive. That takes some attitude. And sometimes our attitude makes our battle different. You know, he was looking at the men who were drinking water, and maybe the guys were like looking around and a little skittish. No, I don't want those guys. I want the guys who are taking the drink that they know it's their last one and they are ready to go. Those are the guys that I want. And with the right attitude, they went in and they won that battle. Like my attitude sucks a lot of times. Like I'm working on it all the time. You know, if my attitude had been right, maybe I would have had this message a little bit sooner. Yeah? Yeah, it has a little prune. Ah, I didn't need that twig. But our attitude is a big part of how we move and work with God. Because if we have a stinky attitude, I don't think he's going to be like, okay, I'm just waiting for you guys to get it. And if we kind of cloud our mind with frustration and dismay, it's going to take us a little while to get there. So, in Proverbs 17.22, it said, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I've been guilty of that a time or two. 
And I don't ever remember a bad attitude being part of the armor of God. Right? It's time, uh, and when you, you're called to battle, when, you, when you're facing a battle, you normally suit up, right? You suit up. But not like Iron Man. I mean, I wish. That would be cool. It's not like instantaneous. Like everything comes flying at you, and you just have to stand still and hope that nothing knocks you out. The armor of God takes practice takes diligence, takes obedience. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted in the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. With this, you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Battles will always be coming at us. The devil's not going to take it easy on you. He's not. He doesn't have pity. He doesn't feel sorry for us. So we must always be ready. I'll be honest, I've not been ready for a battle when it hit me, and it blew me over. In James 1, 2-6, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let the perseverance finish its work so that you may mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt Because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. I've been taken out a couple times. Wasn't quite ready for it. Knew, it knew just when to hit me. It distracted, he distracted me enough with all these little battles that when the big one hit, I was blown to pieces. Be diligent. Be diligent. I love that, that first part of that, that scripture gets me. Consider it pure joy. Oh, I'm working on that. <laughs> Consider it pure joy. I think it takes a lot of practice being joyful through your battle. It takes practice. And he doesn't expect us to get it right off the bat. He knows that we need practice. He knows. 
but being joyful in the battle, praising God through the darkest hours. Sing, sing, sing. When your world has been turned upside down. Sing, sing, sing. It's a tough one. It's really tough. Because you have so many emotions, and God understands our emotions. He understands that you're frustrated, and you're confused, and that you don't know why. Why, God, why? I'm not okay. But I'm going to praise you anyways. It's hard to get there. Even if it's just like, God, thank you for the air in my lungs. Because that's all I can focus on right now is just breathing. And he'll reward that. Looking forward and knowing your victory is on the way. You know, I was, I was told a story about a man that I really um, admire. And he had a friend ask him, why are you going through so much? God's getting me ready. Well, I'm not going through anything. Is God using you? Is God using you? You're going through something because God is going to use you. Are you living for him? Are you living for God? It's not a walk in the park, but it's worth it. He's going to use you. You are a part of his army. There's an army rising up. I had Haas sing that song just for that part. There's an army rising up. We are that army. And we all have a special part. And we've got to be ready. I don't want to be that soldier. Where's my sword? I don't have my sword. I don't have my breastplate. Don't be that soldier. Be ready to do God's business at any time. And have confidence that God will deliver you. That takes practice too. Those practice battles. It all takes practice. Prayer. And reading God's word. And know that he'll deliver it and that you're in, you're in his hands. He's going to deliver that giant. He has equipped us with the tools and he has provided the strength to see us through the victory. For so long I was using my own strength. But I needed God's. So many times we're like, oh, I got this. No big deal. I got this. And then you're like, I don't got it. This is fine. I created it myself. This is fine. Using God's strength to get us through the battle is key. Because it's not our strength. It's him. There's an army rising up. And we got to be ready. And the battle that you're going through, it's getting you ready. There's a purpose for it. 
Don't ever look at it and be like, I just can't do this. I'm done. I'm done. I've been there. Nope. I'm done. Confidence. Moving through it. I want to pray. And we'll be closed. Lord, thank you for the time that we could spend together today and dig in your word and worship. The worship was awesome, God. Thank you for that time that we could just praise you. Lord, thank you for the people that you brought into the building today and the battles that they're facing, God. Lord, I pray that this word would be relevant to at least one. And Lord, as we go through our week, God, I pray that you would just give us each strength. Strength every second of every day, God, because we can't do it on our own. Help us, Lord, to put one foot in front of the other in confidence, knowing that we're walking in our victory. We're not walking in our battle. We're walking in our victory. And that you are going to use that victory for good. And Lord, I just am so thankful for the people in this building today, God, and this family, and that we will hold each other up and we will rise up as a strong army for you, God. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. And we so appreciate the work that you're doing in each and every one of us, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful week, guys.